Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, that's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened 2024 stronger, driven by banking stocks gains. The Straits Times Index rose 0.5% to 3,255 points in early trade after nearly 55 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index down 0.27%. We are looking at 3,231 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 718 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 297 versus 305. Top five movers by value, we have DBS, Singtel, UOB, OCBC and Gunting Singapore. Heavily traded securities included Oceanus, Seatrim and Thai Beverage. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Capital Call. The conglomerate delivered 61.1% and shareholder returns for 2023 higher than the 49.3% posted in 2022. Now, meanwhile, from China's travel and tourism demand during the New Year's Day holiday to key movements and currency markets, more international headlines and focus. And joining me on the line is Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Jeff, welcome. Hi, Jin. Thanks for having me. Great to have you and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all of you. Great, and let's take a look at the STI. How did it fare so far in the first day of trading for 2024? Yeah, I think it looks uh, slightly uh, down for the day. Uh, I think overall, uh, there could have been uh, some uh, dampness over the weekend as well. I think with uh, the China PMI data slightly in, in the negative uh, overall, mm. and as well as uh, some increases in oil prices due to some geopolitical tensions. Right. And any surprises when we look at the biggest movers, say the banking sector? I know there are some developments relating to DBS, but in general, how do you think they fare? Yeah, I think generally it look quite a divided performance, but more in the red rather than in the, the green. I think overall, uh, perhaps uh, there has been quite uh, some uh, sort of like changes over the past month or so in terms of expectations over uh, sort of like uh, the interest rate outlook over the, the coming year for both US and, and uh, I think Singapore is also uh, as a result impacted by that. So yeah, I think that's perhaps why uh, there's been uh, some, I think, reversal and, and uh, shaping in terms of the expectations that have affected the banking sector so far. Hmm. And don't mind me sidetracking, Jeff, uh, just a little bit, right? Uh, if we look at US markets, they ended 2023 with a bank. And some market watchers, they're saying that 2024, maybe returns are going to be you know, less stellar. Uh, what are your thoughts in general looking ahead to 2024, uh, where global markets are concerned? Yeah, I think if you look at performances in 2023, uh, and, and a lot of the movements have been uh, due to the, the past two months, uh, where expectations of uh, U.S. rate cuts uh, really materialize. Uh, sometimes I think markets uh, do move uh, really ahead of uh, the, the economic fundamentals. I think what we are still looking at is that the U.S. economy is still heading towards a, a soft landing mm. and that uh, even while expectations of uh, U.S. rate cuts are really high, uh, but if the, the economy doesn't uh, turn that quickly or if the U.S. doesn't enter hard landing, uh, the Fed is really in no rush to, to cut interest rate uh, so readily. So I think that may mean uh, some disappointment and, and yeah. some bumps along the way. 
Okay, talk about a bumpy ride. Um, but I, I know we've sidetracked a bit. We'll talk about the US later on. But uh, Jeff, let's go back to Singapore and take a look at some of the companies to watch. We've got Capital Corporation. It delivered 61.1% in shareholder returns for 2023, which is higher than the 49% or so posted in 2022. How would you assess the outlook for not just Capital Core, but for asset managers, the likes of Capital Core for the new year? Well, I think generally the macro environment is, uh, I think, generally positive with, uh, of course, some uh, upside and downside uh, risk. Uh, overall, if we look at, uh, the, let's say, specifically on the construction and infrastructure sectors, uh, last year uh, has been quite positive for Singapore. I think growth has been uh, relatively buoyant uh, as uh, the uh, sort of like tightness caused by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, continue to uh, weigh on uh, the, the demand and, and uh, the, the supply continue to try to catch up with uh, that of uh, demand. I think growth this year uh, for this may be uh, sort of like somewhat still positive, but uh, mm. maybe slower as the base effects start to take uh, effect. Uh, but there's still some upside and downside risk uh, globally that will also impact on the domestic outlook too. Right, and talk about domestic outlook, uh, Jeff. I do want to take a look at numbers out. Uh, Singapore's economy expanded 1.2% year-on-year in 2023, and that's pulled up by stronger growth in the fourth quarter. How would you assess the performance, and what bearing will this have for the MAS uh, when it comes to upcoming monetary policy where the sneer is concerned? Yeah, I think it rep- represents a continuation of the rebound since, since the third quarter of uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So this uh, 1.2% uh, growth uh, is uh, partly brought about by, I think, still positive uh, growth from the construction sector. Yeah. And then uh, the manufacturing sector is also experiencing a rebound after uh, being fairly depressed over much of the past uh, one, two years. I think that's a uh, positive uh, helping with more even growth in uh, Singapore. But of course, there's still some uh, perhaps uh, downside risk from the services sector because after experiencing positive growth past few years, uh, now the road ahead is getting more challenging to have uh, more sustained growth. So it does mean that uh, growth may still be somewhat uh, neutered, but uh, mm. perhaps better than that of last year. And uh, yeah, I think with this uh, overall improving but muted growth out backdrop, uh, MES may still uh, maintain their monetary policy outlook as they wait for inflation to drop uh, further before making any assessments. Hmm. So what is your take on the outlook for the SGD against uh, major trading partners then, given that they are not going to, unlikely going to make any changes to the SNEA policy band? Yeah, we, we see the SING dollar being a median performer um, compared mm-hmm. to other Asian peers because uh, right now, uh, based on my own estimates, uh, I, I think we do see that the uh, SING is trading close to the top end of the, the, the trading band and, and, and it's uh, a, a signal that uh, you know markets are rel- relatively well positioned into mm. uh, SING dollar strength and that means that there's a limited uh, SING dollar strength compared to other currencies ahead. Uh, with uh, the dollar likely to weaken against all currencies, uh, that will mean that the Singapore dollar experienced some gains, but perhaps uh, not against uh, some other currencies like the yen, which has uh, yeah. uh, strengthened a lot over the past uh, one one month or so. Okay. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. And uh, Jeff, let's take a look at what's happening in the region. You talked about China at the start. Uh, data released yesterday, in fact, showed travel in China, though, flourish over the three-day New Year's holidays. Uh, we are looking at domestic tourism revenue rising to some 79 billion yuan. How would you read into this? Well, it looks like a lot of the tourists in, in, uh, in, in China, they are traveling within China. So they are just going to different parts of uh, the, the, the country. And, and perhaps over the past few years, 
the the issue is that um, they are not even allowed to to travel to other cities or other parts of of, of China. So yeah, I think yeah. Um, uh, perhaps the demand for for these uh, travel to other parts or maybe even to their own families, you know, uh, to, uh, has been uh, growing as as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's taken precedence a bit more on compared to international tourism travel because. Uh, if I look at the recent data of, uh, let's say, Chinese tourists into the ASEAN region, they haven't picked up by, by much. And uh, yeah, so it means that uh, perhaps China is reaping the benefits of its own domestic tourism. Uh, but uh, the other parts of uh, the, the world, including ASEAN, uh, is, isn't really reaping uh, that much benefits. Mm. Uh, that may reverse as uh, uh, I think they, they fulfilled their own domestic tourism and, and then move to other parts of, of the world. Uh, so yeah, I think it may mean that for the next few years, uh, there's still some potential for ASEAN tourism growth, uh, especially from from China, uh, mm. and uh, the outlook will still be modestly positive. Right, and and that brings me to my next question, because as a whole, when we look at China, including the latest PNI numbers, also, is it revving back to life where the economy is concerned? Looking at the manufacturing sector, and the second part to this question is: when we look at manufacturing, most of Asia saw a slowdown, partly also because of China. What do you think is the outlook for the manufacturing sector in the region then? Indeed, I think over the weekend we saw that the manufacturing PMI uh, fell at a greater pace at forty nine for the month compared to the, the forty nine point four the previous month, and I think that does indicate that uh, China's recovery is uh, not really that sustained. There's been some bits and, uh, of uh, improvements, but then it may not have been uh, sustained. And even today, when we saw some of the PMI numbers across yeah. Asia, except Philippines and Indonesia, they yeah. have been contracting. So it does mean that um, growth is in, in the first quarter is likely still to be sluggish before some improvements later in the year. Right. And let's talk about the USD, uh, Jeff. The US dollar held steady after clocking its first yearly loss since uh, 2020 last week. And this is weighed down by expectations of, of course, lower US rates this year. Um, what is the road ahead for the US dollar then? Yeah, we believe that the US dollar may uh, weaken against uh, most Asian currencies, but against may, uh, uh, the Asian currencies, it may weaken more because for uh, major currencies, it may mean which central bank uh, raised to the bottom cut by more. So the, 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 the currency which uh, the central bank cuts by more may be the currency that weakens, but Asia may not cut as much as that of the, the US. Mm. So it may mean that uh, the Asian currencies uh, benefit. And we are seeing, I think, the Korean won or the Aussie dollar outperforming the rest of the competition. Right. And before we let you go, uh, Jeff, Bitcoin on the flip side, it rose above the 45,000 US dollar mark today for the first time since April 2022. And partly due to, of course, US rate cuts, expectations and possible approval of that spot Bitcoin ETFs. What is the outlook then for the Bitcoin? I understand. I think I don't really cover the, the uh, sort of like uh, Bitcoin yeah, currency, sure. but uh, looking at like tech related currencies like the Korean won, the Taiwan mm-hmm. dollar, I think this year if uh, the US interest rates uh, go down, I think it usually bears uh, some positivity into uh, this kind of uh, tech related kind yeah. of uh, currencies uh, due to the lower opportunity cost. So they may outperform compared to other currencies. And at the same time, if uh, the export cycle for, for, for Asia starts to improve after uh, being in the doldrums uh, last year, it may also help to benefit some of these currencies as well. So yeah, they may do better than uh, other currencies, uh, more commodity-related ones or current account deficit cu- currencies. 
and uh, yeah, so I think the, the outlook is uh, generally positive for uh, for these uh, tech-related currencies. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeff. That was Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. I'm wishing you a happy new year as well. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.